Welcome to Head Over Feels, the podcast where we discuss matters of the heart while also using our heads, blending emotional awareness with intellectual relationship skills. We promise raw, real, and sometimes ridiculous advice on love, sex, and relationships. I'm Megan Sundra. And I'm Fernando DV. We're here to tag team you with juicy insights, tantalizing tools, and sometimes embarrassing anecdotes in order to help you have the best love life ever. Have you ever been in a relationship or situationship where things had started off really hot and heavy, really magical and special? Lots of time spent with your new lover, fun dates, showering compliments, crazy adventures, delightful surprises, maybe even some future planning. Everything feeling like fate and alignment. But over time, that limerence, that new relationship energy started to fade out. Little things your partner did started to annoy you. You started noticing aspects of them that clashed with your values or needs. You started coming to the conclusion that you're incompatible. Your feelings faded significantly, but your partner was still on the love train. They were still all in for the trajectory you'd both started off on and no signs of slowing down. Maybe you started feeling trapped by their expectations, stifled by the implied agreements or commitments you'd made early on second-guessing if this was really all it had seemed to be at first. You shrug it off the first few times. Maybe you were just in a bad mood that day, interpreting everything your partner did through a cranky and impatient lens. Or maybe your partner was extra stressed out lately due to a work project, so they were being extra needy and leaning on you for a while. Maybe it was just a transitional phase and you just needed to be grateful for what you have and stop being so picky like your mom says you are. Maybe you said, oh, she's just so into this. I can't let her down. It would crush her. Plus the holidays and finals are coming up. Or, well, he's just so crazy about me. And honestly, I really love the attention. So maybe I'll hold out a little longer until I figure out if he's the one I want or until something better comes along. So you sucked it up and tried to keep playing the part that's expected of you. But your efforts dwindled and felt insincere. You flaked on dates and stopped texting as much. You made excuses about being tired or busy. You blamed your partner for starting fights over stupid little things or being too demanding of you. You could feel their mounting dissatisfaction and that felt impossible to authentically remedy. So you pushed them away. Now, a lot of couples give up here. Either they have a big blow up and break up or fizzle out until the neglected partner can't tolerate it anymore and breaks it off. I'm not saying this is the wrong thing to do or a bad ending. In fact, there are a lot of strategies to turn things around in that situation, but this episode isn't about how to salvage a fizzling and imbalanced relationship. It's about why it goes down that path in the first place, why we avoid breaking up, and how to speak your truth for everyone's greater good. It seems counterintuitive in this situation, but what feels noble to do, that is holding the flailing relationship together by waiting it out, being evasive, forcing yourself to express feelings you don't actually feel towards them, is actually not so noble at all. It's cruel. There are worthiness and ego issues that show up here, and surprisingly, a fear of rejection on the part of the person doing the dumping. How so? Let's dive in. Mixed signals mean mixed feelings. Wishy-washy or vacillating or hot and cold behavior are evidence of uncertainty in one's heart and lack of clarity and direction for the connection. 
If your feelings aren't particularly strong one way or the other about your partner, or they seem to swing between extremes frequently, it shows that you're not solid on the relationship. You're keeping them on a line and jerking them around with your ambiguity and ambivalence. In a sense, you're forcing a pattern into existence where your emotions are leading the direction of the relationship towards each other or apart, and your partner has to follow suit, always playing catch up, always a little off balance and one step behind. Most people don't do this consciously. It's selfish at its core. When you attempt to figure out what you want by trial and error, regardless of how much it damages the trust in your partner or no matter how much it causes them emotional distress in the process. If you've been on the other side of this situation, being jerked around, I'm sure it's a memory burned into your brain. It's not a good time. Sometimes we stay in relationships even when we know we're less into them than they are into us because we're afraid of being single and therefore alone or we think we can't really do better or can't easily find someone else who will be this level of in love with us, or we subconsciously enjoy the power we have when we're less invested in the other person. Think about it. If they're so much more in love with you, then you can know with pretty high certainty that they'll never leave you. They're unlikely to look elsewhere or dump you if their needs aren't being met. They'll put up with subpar treatment or table scraps of attention because they're so invested in maintaining the relationship. This means you have the power to end the relationship when you want. You'll be the dumper, not the dumpy. This will mean that you'll never be blindsided or the heartbroken one or humiliated and rejected in getting dumped. It feels safer. You're in control. But this is disguised insecurity, right? A fear or inability to be vulnerable and let yourself truly fall for someone fully. If you're unsure of how you feel or what you want with your partner, it's time to shit or get off the pot. <laughs> Sit down and do some introspection and answer these questions. What do you want in a relationship? Does this relationship fulfill enough of those desires or needs? How do you feel when you're around your partner? How do you feel when you're apart? In what ways is this relationship imbalanced? Can it realistically be rebalanced? How long have you been feeling under-enthused, stifled, restricted by expectations, trapped on a path, bored, or just not really in love? Is it due to any specific temporary circumstances in either of your lives? Have you tried everything to address this head-on and change things up? How much longer are you willing to stay in an unsatisfying relationship? If you do the soul-searching and come to the honest conclusion that you're just not that interested in this person anymore, that you're not willing to invest in a relationship anymore, that you're just not feeling much or an equal amount of love anymore and won't be again anytime soon, then it's time to break up. It's the compassionate thing to do. When you hold off on breaking up with someone who's not as into you, who you're not as into, you're avoiding, quote, being the bad guy. It's uncomfortable to hurt someone else's feelings, I know. Why? We want to believe we're good people at our core who don't hurt others. We want to always be likable. This is the ego talking. Our brain wants to maintain its image of us by not allowing any data or experiences that contradict its mental construct of us as the good guy or as a good person. 
You might think, if I hurt someone else, what does that say about me? Why do we always want to be likable and liked? We equate the positive attention from others with approval, being loved and belonging, belonging in the tribe. This is a core human need. So if we have a wounded sense of self-worth, we'll always be chasing the approval of others to fill that hole. We want the approval of our lover, even as we reject them. Seeing the pain on our lover's face that we've caused makes us very uncomfortable because it's the evidence of our, quote, badness. It chips away at the edifice our brain and ego wants to maintain. We say, oh, I don't want to dump them because I'm afraid of hurting them and tell ourselves that's noble. But it's more that we're afraid of hurting ourselves by seeing evidence that we cause pain to others. But this is inevitable in the game of love, in dating. <laughs> no matter how good your intentions are in life, you'll, in, you'll eventually step on someone else's toes by accident. Getting hurt is a risk we take when we choose to pursue and explore romantic love with someone, so it's not like the person you're dumping doesn't know or can't handle that. Yes, getting dumped hurts, but everyone recovers eventually. You're not protecting your lover's feelings by hiding the truth from them that you don't want to be with them anymore. Your brain is doing anything it can think of to avoid the confrontation, the conflict, the evidence of badness. You put it off, pretend everything's fine, brush it under the rug, change the subject, deny that you've been distant, try harder to force yourself to feel what they want you to feel about the relationship. Tell yourself it's just a phase. But if deep down you know it's not a match, or it's not the right time, or not the dynamic you're looking for, you must speak your truth. And resist the urge to fix the situation. Rescue your lover from pain. Take back your words. Offer friendship as a consolation prize. Or offer false hope of getting back together later. You must sit with the discomfort during this conversation and after. If you vacillate, and break up and get back together repeatedly because you're not sure what you want or you don't want to make a breakup final because you're afraid of how it will hurt your lover, this will damage the connection deeply and will reduce trust in you. Determine what it is you want, and if it's not in alignment with your lover, free them. Liberate them to get what they truly want from someone else. And in turn, you liberate yourself to find a better match and get what you truly want. Sit with the discomfort and grief after the breakup. Remember, you've honored your truth and did yourself a favor by ending this relationship in favor of getting a better fit. Don't let yourself numb the discomfort. Distract yourself, brush it off, minimize it, or excuse it away. Yes, this is uncomfortable. You feel bad about what you did, guilty about how it all went down, I know. You want to run to your ex-lover and tell them you want to take it all back to make the pain go away, to be their savior. But you mustn't. Acknowledge your uncomfortable feelings and allow them to just be. Allow yourself to feel them without blaming yourself, without creating a story about how you're a terrible person. Remind yourself that it's inevitable that someone will get their feelings hurt when dating, and it's inevitable that you'll be the bad guy in someone else's life story at some point, just as you have, quote, bad guys in your life story too. Some of them malicious or intentional, others unintentional. 
remember that if indeed you know you tried your best, weren't reckless with their heart, and had good intentions, then you're not a bad person. Swallowing the poison yourself in order to protect your lover from its toxicity will only damage yourself in the long run, keeping you unfulfilled, stuck, stifled, self-sacrificing, and possibly resentful. It's actually an act of love toward your lover and yourself to be honest and end a relationship that you know isn't right for you or one where you can't or don't want to fulfill the needs or expectations of your lover. This is how you speak your truth. It's a muscle you have to exercise often, not some pinnacle of enlightenment you arrive at once, like, ah, I spoke my truth once, so now it's a thing I can just do anytime from now on easily. <laughs> Seeing your lover in pain in their moment of rejection and heartbreak will be painful, not just because you care about them and don't want to hurt them, but also because their anger at you will feel like rejection to your subconscious. When others are mad at us or claim we did something bad or hurtful, that signals a form of rejection and disapproval and likely getting kicked out of the tribe, remember? And being ostracized and getting kicked out of the tribe meant likely death. And our subconscious, our lizard brain, remembers that still to this day and reacts accordingly. This is why rejection is so scary and we do so much to avoid it. That voice inside screams, no, no, I'm not the bad guy. I didn't do anything to deserve being rejected. Please still love me. I'll lie and compromise and adapt to get that approval, anything. But you must respond to that voice and quiet it by reminding it of our modern circumstances and the realities of dating and that the threat it perceives about rejection isn't true anymore. You're not getting kicked out of the whole tribe. You're not going to die. And there's a lesson here to be learned for future relationships or situationships. A lesson about knowing your truth and speaking it earlier on. Having the self-awareness and introspection to know when a match just isn't right is a crucial skill that will prevent you wasting your time and your lover's time by drawing out something that should have ended earlier. This pain just compounds the longer you stay in avoidance and denial about the inevitable end. It's your shame around the perceived act of, quote, being the bad guy and your ego trying to protect your wounded self-esteem. And we all have that in different ways to different degrees. That keeps you people-pleasing and keeping the peace, even when it isn't your authentic feelings to do so. When you hold them at arm's length and keep stringing them along, you aren't protecting them from heartbreak, you're protecting your ego. There aren't many things we owe others in life, but I believe we owe our sexual and romantic partners honesty and clarity and compassion. So you owe it to this person you supposedly love or were originally so enamored with to tell them you're just not that into them anymore. And depending on how you want to phrase it, you really just have to be honest that this isn't a relationship you want. Try to be as compassionate as possible when you express this. They deserve to find someone who is. Many times in my life, I was on the other side of the coin, but I was on this side of the coin too, drawing out a relationship because I didn't want to speak my truth. I was afraid of the blow up, of the rejection, of the hate and anger that would be spewed at me and my self-perception no longer of being such a kind and loving and generous and committed person. 
And it was really hard to face the truth and speak it that like, hey, I just don't think this is a match anymore. This is at the root of ghosting. This is often why people do it because they just don't want to face it. They don't want to be seen as the bad guy. They want to keep believing that they're fine and they're desirable and lovable and they can just go find someone else to give them that validation. But when we're on the other side of the coin, it really hurts because we're confused. We see that our lover who was so excited at the beginning and so invested and so expressive and so magical has faded in some way, has distanced themselves. And it's confusing because sometimes when we bring it up to address it, like, hey, what's been going on? They deny it, they hide it, they make excuses, they draw things out, meanwhile getting further and further away from you. And it's so painful because you start thinking you were crazy. You start thinking your memories weren't accurate. You start thinking you're not that desirable or lovable, that you're not deserving of someone's full attention or commitment or equal investment. You start settling. You start settling for scraps of attention and affection and basing your schedule and dates around theirs. And um, this leads to dissatisfaction and resentment because you know deep down that they're not being totally honest with you. And it shouldn't be your job to hold them accountable for it. It shouldn't be your job to hold their feet to the fire and say, hey, tell me what's really going on. Speak your truth and like force them to be brave about it. They should be able to come to the table themselves and be honest and brave, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's going to cause one or both of you pain, even when it means they don't have that easy access to you anymore because they're breaking it off. They may enjoy the convenience of keeping you around, keeping you on the hook. So this has definitely happened to me. The scars are still there and it really makes you less willing to trust someone new after that happens to you. It makes you less willing to open yourself up and be vulnerable and let yourself fall in love because the same pattern could happen all over again. And it sucks, it's painful, I know. And so knowing that this whole explanation is what's going on in your partner's mind probably when all these symptoms start showing up when they're pulling away they're not investing as much and they're denying about it you start to feel like oh my god are they gonna dump me soon like where is this going I thought this was something else now you understand where it's coming from on their side it doesn't justify their behavior not at all it just gives you an insight into the very base human experiences and emotions that are at play that everyone is susceptible to. But it takes emotional intelligence and maturity to work through them in a, in a way with clarity and transparency and compassion towards you. Because this relationship is supposed to be for the betterment of both people, right? It's supposed to be for the enjoyment of both people at the very least. And when things start getting out of balance and there's a lack of clarity, it's going to lead to more heartbreak on both sides. So I hope this gave you a better understanding of what's going on between the two parties when this dynamic starts to emerge. And with that clarity comes more ease of action. You can then say something because you kind of get what's going on. You can address it in a more head-on way, regardless of which side of this coin you're on. And probably you'll be on either side at some point in your life. So maybe you'll remember this and say, oh, I, I kind of remember that Head Over Feels episode <laughs> where she was talking about why I'm so afraid to speak my truth here and how rejection and fragile ego is here at play. And that understanding allows us to then move forward with more awareness and consciousness 
And this allows you to build better relationships from there on out because you're aware of it. You're more present as things move along and move forward in a relationship. So let me know what you took from this. What side of the coin do you find yourself more often on? Do you see the ways that this might overlap with ego or self-worth, self-esteem, worthiness issues that come up and fear of rejection, even though it's counterintuitive? I think this is so interesting because it seems backwards, right? But the forces at play, the emotions that are underlying all of this really make sense when you dig down to the very root of them, which is what I've attempted to do here. So let me know what you think. And next week, we'll be back to answering your letters and giving advice on your sex lives. So if you want to submit your question, go to headoverfeelspod.com contact, fill out the form, be as anonymous as you want, and we would love to give you an answer on the show. Also, please do consider supporting us on Patreon. We're Head Over Feels podcast on Patreon, so look us up and see if you are willing to jump in at any level, starting at five bucks a month for a bonus episode and lots of other options and goodies. Also, if you're interested in learning more, please follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I've been making a lot of content recently, and I'm so excited to share it. I've got some videos and image quotes and um, memes and such. You can find me on YouTube as well, Megan Sundra, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Megan Sundragon or The Sundragon. So find us at Head Over Feels Pod everywhere, and we look forward to having you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>